Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday, and I'm here with Sonny Hostin. This is Behind the Table. Hello there, Sonny. Hello, Brian. All right. This is... I hear that I'm one of the nicer hosts to you, by the way. I don't fight with you. Yeah, you don't. Mean no, that's true. That's true. You don't really. Yeah. Uh, you're you're definitely one of the nicer ones to me. Yeah. Um, Sarah's nice, but I just pick on Sarah, which is weird. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. But yeah, Joy and Anna are, are a little yeah, feisty. feisty. Yeah. Oh, this is also lovely to that, me. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I, I think, you know, everyone brings their own specific flavor I and agree. it keeps the variety going. And <laughs> You know, and I remember, I remember the the, the shots taken at me, and then revenge is sweet. Um, now, you speaking of, of of paying things back? Yes. Last night, you went to your former network. You were on TV late last night, and then you walked into the Hot Topics meeting this morning and said that late night TV hits are no longer for you. That you have you have transitioned into a different person than you were in the past. Tell me about that. You know, I worked at CNN for a long time, many mm-hmm. years, and um, I worked as the legal analyst for the morning show. Uh, I worked uh, AC360. I worked on Lemon Show. I was in the field a lot covering Trayvon Martin. Um, I'm, I mean, it was all over the network. I had my own show and all different times. And I was cool with it. Maybe it's age, but like I get up as you know, about 5.30, because I have chickens and dogs and mm-hmm. all sorts of, and kids to get out of the house on time for high school and things like that. And I felt like death this morning. <laughs> I was like, I'm not about that life anymore. I can't do these late night segments. And the thing is, I did it because um, Abby Phillips is a friend. Mm-hmm. And man, I felt every bit of my age this morning. Now, is, it a, different thing when is it a different thing when you're out working versus out enjoying yourself? Because you do go out. You I go, go out to a lot. Yeah. I go to, no, I'm finding that if I go, like I went to the Knicks game on Monday, right. it was great. I was dead Tuesday. Like, yeah, I was dead. So I, I don't I'm not sure. I have trouble with it, too. <laughs> for me, it's age. I don't know that it is for you. I but for me, it's age. I drink a lot of coffee. It's become kind of yeah. a trademark for me I, I now do because none of it. Sarah I, does too, by yeah, the way. She does. That's why she talks so much during the hot topics meeting. <laughs> you think that's why? <laughs> it's like nonstop. No, it is nonstop. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that before. It, she's amped up early. I don't do any caffeine. All right. I'm high on life. Like you I don't are. need any upper. You talk about um <laughs> you, talk, you talk about Sarah in these meetings. I have to laugh because Joy <laughs> has talked about you in the opposite way, where she says you turn into, like, Michael Corleone in the meeting, where you speak very deliberately and, like, you know. I do. Yes, we'll we'll do that topic. <laughs> in a low voice and very, like, menacing. My husband says yes. that about me. Oh, yeah, you know I, what I have something to say about that. I, I, will t- I, will, I will tell you a secret about me. Please. I, I'm a huge Kennedy fan. Uh-huh. JFK... Uh, Jackie O, especially. Not I so love, much RFK. 
Not Junior. To, mm, no, <laughs> I'm not his fan. Mm-hmm. Even Ted Kennedy, I think later on in his life, he did some really great Absolutely. things. But I follow the Kennedy clan a lot. JFK Jr. I mean, I had like like a poster of him. Mm-hmm. Stuff stuff along those. I, I, I apply to the Manhattan DA's office because he was working there. Oh, wow. Yeah, things of that nature. So what I learned from watching too many Jackie O documentaries is that she spoke very softly mm-hmm. so that people would listen. I get that. And so um, I started doing that, although I I tend to lean into the menacing Michael Corleone mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> way of speaking rather than the sort of Marilyn Monroe, Jackie whispery. O, whispery. Yeah. One. I'm just not that person. Yeah. But I do, when I want to make a point, go lower. Yeah. I, no, I, have a, I have a lower voice anyway yeah. as a woman. Um, so. so moving on. Um, I'm not sure I knew about this, but I've heard now that you have a longstanding weekly tradition with your husband. Tell me more about movies and margaritas. Oh, I did mention that to the producers. Thank yeah. you. Every Friday, mm-hmm. we go to the movies, and it's been a longstanding date for 25 years. That's great. And so it's called Movie and Margarita Night. Our friends have made fun of it for years. We used to, when we had a lot less money, and he was a resident, and I was a baby lawyer. Um, we went to a dive bar mm-hmm. in Baltimore and we would get lit on these <laughs> on cheap tequila margaritas. And I like a spicy margarita. So I like, like a spicy margarita. Too. I had the spice yeah. and the cheap liquor. Mm-hmm. Every movie we saw, we thought it was just fantastic. We still continue it. Our liquor is a little more premium now. I've we noticed have a, that about we you. Have yeah, a you've more, upgraded. Yeah. We have upgraded. We have a little more money. And we now go to um, a couple of theaters that have food and drinks in the movie theater. So we don't have to go to the dive bar. We can have the experience. I enjoy that, too. I, we just, I like we that. just did yeah. it, actually, on Friday. What did you see? I saw Aquaman. Oh, really? Yes. I like fantasy. I know you do. Was it good? Because I heard mixed reviews. I so thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, I had two margaritas. And yeah. I thought Aquaman was great. You However, like Jason, you like I Jason like Momoa. Jason Momoa. Yeah. I like. I enjoy looking at him. Sure. So there's that. Yeah. No, I understand. And Dolph Lundgren is in it too. Yeah. Oh, Ivan Drago. Yeah. I enjoy looking at them. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. Um, That's I've, the shallow. I've not seen that one. You were one of the few people on on the the table at the table that enjoys a fantasy superhero movie. I so we have them. this in common. Love them. Um, that one I skipped, but I will check it out. Yeah, for sure. I liked it a lot. All right. Well, I like movies and margaritas. That's a that's a good tradition. Yeah, we I do think it. That's Twenty five years. It's still going on. Can that's you, great. Can you imagine? I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right. Well, now speaking of your husband, you told me last week on the podcast that your husband encouraged you to stay away from our office trivia league because you would be too intense about it. Yes, he thought that I that I would offend. Um, co-workers and staff, and that I could end up at HR. Now, in the middle of the week, you ran out, or <laughs> sorry, in the middle of the competition, you ran out to let everyone know that oh, you knew the Brian. answer, even though you weren't on a team. I knew all the answers. All right. So you're having regrets. <sighs> I am having regrets, but you see the lack of impulse control. Yes. I When it comes to trivia or games in general. Yes. I'm just a sore loser and a sore winner. Yeah. Right. That first clue. If if somebody didn't get it, I might have said something like, "That was dumb." Yeah. Like that does that's not an endearing quality for a host. As a as a team leader, I also engaged in activities that were not um, necessarily good. Um, I heard. Yeah. And there's a lot of hate going yes, around. I know. I got very intense. Um, Apparently, you didn't let any of your team members speak. That's some. 
They point. weren't speaking fast They're enough. They're upset that you, they are on your team. Yeah. They have all come into my office and complained about you. I got, listen, And that would have been me, and yeah. now it's not. And, and we came in second, which also kills me. By one question. Yeah. I know all about yeah, it. Yeah, it's still beating me up. But it's all right. There's another <laughs> round. The results are cumulative. I'm still in it. Um, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, okay. so we're not done. I have this thing in my head where I think it would be fun for the host of The View to be on a game <laughs> show together. I think as a team well, somewhere. Well, you see, I'm not a gracious loser. Well, I, I would be humiliated if we lost. So I we would have too. To, yeah, we have to stack the deck that way. Yes, but we, I would I would participate depending on the subjects yeah. and depending on the people. I, I think I have to work on this. I think, and if you're listening at home, let us know what show you'd like to see the host of the yes. be on and compete on. I think, yes. I think we do pretty well. Um, we we could, yeah. we could. I mean, you have a, a vast reservoir of knowledge. From we do between the six of you. I mean, Whoopi will get every single movie. You would think, yeah. Joy will get anything, yes. and Alyssa also. Joy on old school politics, anything World War II, anything World War One. Alyssa's good on pop culture. Alyssa's going to be good on pop culture. I'm going to be good on any legal sci-fi movie, 90s hip-hop, yeah. 50 years of hip-hop, mm-hmm. most music. I, I Sarah, you know, Sarah used to be she like— She should a, be good on pop culture. She should be, but she's actually not. I don't mean to expose her, but she really knows— like Expose! She knows like five movies really Turning. well and constantly refers to them. <laughs> so she like, you know, she loves her mean girls and her stepbrothers and her bridesmaids <laughs> and that's it. And she just oh. constantly references those. So people think she has like a deep oh. well of pop culture knowledge, but it's a little. Well, well as yeah. you know, I memorize lines to movies. Yes. It's my thing. Yeah. You've never seen a sitcom. <laughs> I don't like sitcoms oh. with the canned laughter. It upsets me. Yes. I did watch the Cosby show though. Sure. I could, I could do that. Uh, but that's probably the. Mm, yeah, that's the thing. Remember. Like, you know, you've never seen an episode of like Seinfeld. No. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's where we run into problems. We do. But, we would. All right. I can we maybe, would. we could do an IFB. I can but be in your ear. But if we did a few good, good men or anything yeah, like no, that. Yeah, no. Movies, yes, you're great. I got, I, I got that. All right. Let, let's work on this. I, I want the truth. A, you can't yeah, handle yeah. the truth. We live in a world that has walls. Yes, yes, I yes. Love it. I could do the whole thing. Code, loyalty, honor, all those things. You use them as a punchline. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> All right, so we had a listener question. Can um, I can I say the other one? Yeah, go ahead. Did you order the code red? You, you got, got it red, I did. I love it. <laughs> yes. Aaron Sorkin. Uh, all right, so oh, I listener... feel invigorated, oh, Brian. So you should do this every morning it's like a, as a ritual to unlock it. It's good when you're very like mellow and quiet. I'll get you to scream. We'll be right back after this. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip, 
In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. The first ever criminal trial of a former president is underway in Manhattan. It's one of potentially four trials facing former President Trump as he makes his third bid for the White House. What do voters think about his culpability, and would a guilty verdict make a difference in the election? I'm Galen Druk, and every Monday and Thursday on the 538 Politics podcast, we break down the latest news from the campaign trail. We sort through the noise and zoom in on what really matters using data and research as we go. That's 538 Politics every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right. So we had a listener question that we asked Sarah yesterday, okay. and she got very emotional, actually. It was a really interesting uh, hmm. conversation. And uh, actually, and I had asked the same question to Anna, and she was very poignant, too. So the question okay. is from Jennifer in Philly, mm. and she's asking, what is the most pivotal, game-changing moment in your life? Do you have, is there a one moment that you yeah. think changed everything for you? Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. I, I grew up very religious, as most people know. Mm-hmm. Grew up Catholic, going to Catholic school my whole life, even went to Catholic law school. Really a faithful person. Yeah. I've always believed that, you know, What's meant for me is meant for me. And if it's not, then it just doesn't happen. I have complete that weird blind faith thing until I wanted to have children. And then we were trying and we were trying and we were trying and it wasn't happening. And I started questioning myself thinking, and this sounds irrational right now as I say it, even to me, maybe it wasn't meant for me to be a mother but I wanted to be a mother more than anything. And we had to go through several series of IVF and I had to have several surgeries. I had like 26 fibroids removed. I had, oh, it was just a nightmare. And I started losing faith and I didn't think that was anything that would ever happen to me. Um, See, now I'm getting emotional. And, and so I finally got pregnant with Gabriel and Um, This may be TMI, but when there's an embryo transfer, um, if you don't transfer all of them, you you have to leave some behind. And um, I didn't want to do that because I'm Catholic. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they actually uh, implanted six, uh, inserted six embryos. And so we were going to be stuck with either six children (laughs) or maybe I wasn't going to make it, you know, so we had all these really deep philosophical thoughts and uh, discussions and only one embryo found a place to land because my uterus was so scarred and it was Gabriel. Three months in, we don't tell anybody in our family because I'm thinking it's not going to happen for me. God, God, I'm going to be a terrible mother you know, I, now I'm messing with nature. I was doing all these things. 
to myself, really. And then at the third month mark, after we tell everyone, I get a torn placenta. And I'm rushed to the hospital, and they tell me that the baby's not going to make it. And I'm like, and I just told everyone that I know that it finally is going to happen. And I, um, I asked the doctor, I said, well, what are my, can you give it to me in percentages? And I was alone. Um, I was with my, my husband's best friend, Pierre, who's an emergency room doctor at Hopkins. Thank God, because they basically, you know, you talk about female black mortality rates in, in birth, maternal mortality. They told me, um, they, they were having me sit in the, in the waiting room as I'm bleeding profusely Mm -hmm. and I'm telling them that I'm pregnant. And so thankfully Pierre who had privileges at that hospital said, you will get her on a gurney. You will get her to an ultrasound and you will get an OBGYN consult right now. And so I had an advocate with me. Thank God. Manny was in Delaware doing a fellowship. He made it from Delaware to Baltimore in under, I think, 45 minutes. I bet. So he came in and I immediately felt better. And he said to the doctor, don't tell my wife this baby is not going to make it. You tell my wife and I what our chances are. And he said 25%. And I said, so one in four babies make it. He said, yes. I said, and what does one do to make that happen? And he said, it would be complete bed rest, including not being able to get up to go to the bathroom, you'd have a bedpan for the next six months. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Wow. But I fell into a deep depression. I can imagine. I gained 70 pounds because my Puerto Rican mother came over and kept on cooking because she said the chances of the baby making it, uh, if the baby was premature but at least five pounds, the baby had a better chance. So I'm eating like a pig. And um, there was one, and she bought all these baby clothes. And I had a nervous breakdown and I started crying and I threw all the clothes at her and I yelled at her and I I, I yelled that the baby was going to die. And she called Sister Anne, who was my um, like spiritual consultant person. She's a wonderful nun who helped raise me. And she called and she said, "You, you are one of the most faithful people I know. I cannot believe you are saying this. And she said, we are going to pray together and we are going to pray him into existence. What is his name? And I said, his name is the angel Gabriel. And she said, let's pray. And we started praying. And Gabriel is in his third year at Harvard. And they said, even if he was born, he would probably be born with developmental delays. And he just made the dean's list. Thank you very much. And is an athlete and is exceptional in many ways. Exceptional. Can I have tissue, please? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Thank you. So I can't believe that I lost my faith in the moment when I needed it most. Um, And someone heard my prayers. Yeah. And and it seems like you didn't really lose your faith because with those odds, you did everything possible. I did. You you didn't give in to— I didn't give in, no— but what was it was I I can't believe that I like I'm not a depressive person. Sure. I like I I have a party in my head at all times, um, and one of the reasons and I and we did IVF again Paloma perfect pregnancy 
no problem. I wanted to have a third child. And um, the reason I don't have three children is because Manny said he could never see me go through that again. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you went back. Isn't that sad? It is sad, but it's, it's such a happy ending, though, in general. I mean, well, I know. Well, it is. My children are wonderful they in are. my life. But I wanted more children. Like, in an, in in a perfect world, I'd have four children. And he he refused to. Put you through it. That's what he said. He said he couldn't he couldn't see me like that ever again. I understand that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and it's such a part of who you are. Being a mom is one of the first things that comes to mind when I think of you. It's my, it's my most important gig. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow. you know. Well, thank you for sharing. I think that's something that, I mean, I've uh, <sighs> had women in my life yeah. deal with this too. And it, it's, it's hard. And people, and you've said this before, you've talked a little bit about it on the show, but we don't talk about it enough. It's hard. Um, Infertility struggles um, affect so many people. And that's why I'm so sensitive, actually, when it comes up. Did you consider um, at all not trying for Paloma? Uh, no. So you were definitely, no matter, even though after going through that, you were determined. I, I wanted Gabriel to have someone else because yeah. I'm an only child. Right. And they're so close. It's so wonderful to see. They're only three and a half years apart. But you would think that, you know, that they were twins. I mean, they're, she sleeps in his bed when she when he comes home from college. Like, And when he's away, she sneaks into his room when she just needs him and talks to him on the phone all the time. So I wanted them to have each other, but I wanted more. Um, but it was it was so difficult. I, I I saw a picture of myself recently, and I don't even recognize myself. I mean, I I, I look like like a like I'm staring blankly, which is not me at all. Right? No, of course. Yeah, I was I was in a very deep depression. Oh wow! Well, I, I'm so glad that you're willing to talk about it because I do think it'll really. I didn't think I was going to talk about it, but thank you so much for bringing that up, Brian. You know, you know what? It's, Gen- it's Jennifer <laughs> and Philly that deserves all the uh, blame and credit. But Gen- Thank you, Jennifer and Philly. And and with each of you, um, it's funny <laughs> that each of you have those moments that each of you have yeah. something. With Anna, it was the loss of, of her brother. Over, yeah. And um, with, with Sarah, it was uh, more professional but profound. And yeah. it's interesting to, to hear you guys have these That's very – specific moments that really dictate so much of the way your life went that you can instantly point to. It's hard. And and I make all my decisions based on my children. As you know, I've been offered, you know, the opportunity to have my own show. Where is that? Los Angeles. I'll miss that track meet. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like I, my life revolves around making sure that I am raising empathetic, healthy, happy adults people that will give back to their communities and and just leave this world a better place. And if I've made them independent and I've made and they are those people then I've done my job. Yeah. If I haven't done my job correctly, then I, I don't know that I'd ever forgive myself. So. Well, I think uh, 80% of our conversations off camera are about kids and yeah. about yours and, yeah. and mine and everything yeah. else and it's uh, very much who you are. It is who I am. So I'm uh, very glad that you were able to have such wonderful kids. Yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah, it's great. It's a blessing. It is. It is. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. All right. We have another question, which okay. hopefully will not be uh, oh, as yeah, emotional, but please. I don't know. Okay. It's a question from listener Sarah. Okay, Sarah. You talked a little bit on the show about how you enjoy dressing in the way that you like. It may come off useful to some people, but you like to dress how you want to. Mm-hmm. You talk about a lot of topics on the show. Um, that resonate with younger viewers like myself. I'm 22. So I just want to ask how you keep such a positive um, outlook on life and why you believe you may relate to younger people. Oh, 
I love that question, actually. You know, I don't feel my age, and I never have. And I think the origin of that is that because I skipped grades, I was 12 in high school and 16 in college, mm-hmm. right? So everyone was always older, and I was the youngin. So I still feel like that. Like right. I'm young in my head. I think it's really important to make life be a wondrous thing, right? Like yeah. To, to be a, an ever learner and an explorer. People are so interesting. Everything is so interesting. So I'm like a, a perpetual learner. Like I'm, I'm constantly, if that's the right term. I'm, no, I think that is. I'm like yeah. constantly reading and, and, and things like that. So I, I think that's. That's why. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable in my own skin because as a young person around older people, you're always the one that doesn't know anything. You're always the young person. You're always, you know, the person that can't wear the stuff that the older people are wearing. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm of a certain age, I don't care. I'm going to, you know, I always wanted to pierce my ears. And I was a federal prosecutor. And, like, federal prosecutors don't have a bunch of piercings and tattoos The and joy stuff. you get from your earrings. I, I mean, I see it in, in your <laughs> face. You love them so it. much. It's something that I would have done years ago. But I was always so career-driven and always so serious. And then I'm like, oh, as a mom, I can't do this. What kind of example would that be, mm-hmm. you know? And, of course, my daughter has a lot of ear piercings. But <laughs> for me, it's about staying thoughtful in the moment, being present at all times. And um, it's also living in your purpose. And and I, I gave a TED Talk that became very popular, unbeknownst to me. And I talked about Mark Twain and his quote that, you know, the two most important days in your life are the day that you're born and the day you find out why. So it's really about purpose, right? And I always say that Mark Twain was wrong. There are three days. And the most important day is actually day two. Day three is when you walk into your purpose, but you won't walk it. And and day one shouldn't matter at all, because if day one matters, then the station that you are born in, you are stuck in. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was born in the, into poverty in the projects. So I wouldn't be speaking here if that day was that important. The most important day to me is day two, the day between one and three, when you decide who you will not be, when you see that person that's exhibiting behaviors that are repulsive to you, Um, when you see um, someone that is unkind, when you see an injustice and you realize that will never be me. Mm -hmm. In fact, I will stop that. In fact, I'm going to make this place a better place by doing X. That's the most important day because now you know who you won't be and you walk straight into your purpose. And you have to be purpose-filled and driven in the way that you were to, yes. to carry that out. But yes. that's how you get there. That's how you get there. Yeah. No, and I think that's great. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's just my like mantra. It's, it's be joyful. I mean, it's a blessing. So many people don't make it to this age. My best friend's husband died at the age of 35 from a brain disease. while his And when my godson was two years old, I think about Robert all the time. I think I wish he were 55. I wish he were here with me. And he's not. It, it calls to mind uh, something you said earlier in the year, that joy is a form of resistance. It was your, yes. uh, it was your resolution for this year. It was. You're doing okay. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, on. I'm hanging on to joyfulness. Yes. I'm hanging on to, to smiling and joyfulness. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm releasing a lot of, you know, 
we've, we've got another few weeks to get to the, <laughs> the point where it can stick. We said we'd make it till Valentine's Day. Yes, and I just bought tickets for Margarita and a movie night to um, One Love, the Bob Marley. It looks good. It looks good, and yeah. he's really cute. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to really enjoy that. All right, so that there we go. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the goal. We'll make it all the way there. We bought our tickets. Well, listen, I appreciate you opening up. This was really important to talk about, oh, and thank you for thank doing you. it. Tomorrow on the show, I'll be back with Joy Behar. We'll ask her about her pivotal moment. That I want to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I have a couple <laughs> guesses. But, I have a couple of guesses, too. Yeah, um, but I'm, I'm excited to hear about it. In the meantime, if you have something you'd like to let our, our hosts know about, if you have a question to ask them, the number to call or text us with questions is right here in the episode description. And uh, as we've already seen, we have a real impact on the conversation. So please reach out. Thanks so much for listening. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.